You are about to listen to a message from Dan Moeller, a personal friend and family member of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Dan has an intense passion to see the body of Christ walk in their identity, know the love that God has for them, and then properly show that love to everyone that they encounter. So prepare yourself to be inspired and motivated to be more like Jesus and to love like he loves to everyone that you encounter. Thanks, man. I'm probably going to be quick. I'm going to be like, well, thank you for coming to Rock City this morning. I want you to go and live this thing, become this thing, and break. <laughs> There's a great marriage between coming and going. I'm so impressed sitting there listening to Pastor talk. I could just sit there. I'm just like, this is so good. Because it's fun here. It's fun here. Your worship's awesome. It's alive. It's fun. It would be a cool place to hang out. And you can get just caught in just hanging out. And it's fun here. And you can just feel safe here. And it's just fun here. And miss the real point of why we're here. See, there's a great... Because keep, keep it fun. There's a corporate thing. There's a worship thing. That's corporate worship that's real. That's awesome. That's amazing. One voice, a heart. But what we're doing is we're coming and celebrating a life we're living in Him. We're celebrating a truth. We're celebrating something we've become, something we've enjoyed. And we're all gathering together and locking elbows and saying, wow, and there's a bunch of us in the same race. You see what I'm saying? It's not a hangout. It's not a safe haven. God never intended the body of Christ just to be like a, people call it a hospital and this and that. No, it's a place where you get empowered and sharpened and edified. And, and, you, and there's a great marriage between coming and going. And if pastors lose sight of that, you turn inward and just try to have fun church and attract people. And you think the bigger the crowd, the better. But if you're not empowering people, you're missing the point. Yeah, man. Come on. Yeah. So you just come and have fun, but you don't have a new identity. You just come and have fun, but you don't become love. You come and lay on your face, prostrate for two hours, but you get offended at your boss. We're missing the point. You pray in tongues. You get slain in the spirit. You get a word over you every other week or something, and you, it's not the point. The point is becoming like him. So, so there's a great marriage in, in coming and going. So when pastor's preaching this and coming, it came out like bullet, man. It was like I was sitting there going, that is crystal clear. And I was like, I don't even want to move. I didn't want to get up here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that you're going to spoil it. It's just like what else needs to be said? That's how I was feeling. I was like, but then I do have some things on my heart. <laughs> just happened when I got up here. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> but I was sitting there. I didn't want to move. I looked at him. I said, I don't even want to preach. I like that's so solid because there's a great marriage between coming, coming and going. So you come here to celebrate him, to enjoy one another, to love one another. You don't come here to be loved. That's a trap. You come here to live this way. Because if you just come and sit and wait for somebody to notice you, you might be disappointed, hurt, and deceived. You don't just go to a church to see if it's loving. You're to be loving. Because you'll leave and say, that wasn't a loving church. And God will say, well, it should have been. You were there. Because we always wait for things to come to us. But he came to us so that he could flow through us. So everything's changed now. Yeah. You inspired me to preach good. I'm going to preach good. No, there's a great marriage. So you come here to look a little more like him when you go. That means sincerely, if that's our goal, if that's our sincere pursuit, that means clearer and more sincere repentance in our homes, peace in our homes, 
working unity in our homes, solid expression in our homes, obeying our parents in our homes, loving our children, not just getting frustrated with them. It just changes everything. Like everything gets affected by a sincere motive. When you just try to work on your life, you feel like you're failing all the time and it's striving, it's struggle. You, you actually get more conscious of the problem. But man, if you would allow the gospel to make your heart pure and you would realize, man, whether my family's really getting it or not, whether my son wants Jesus or not, whether my parents really care about the growth in my spirit or if they're more concerned and worried than encouraged, I, it, none of that matters. And I don't have to project and prove nothing and preach nothing to nobody. I'm becoming something. And time will tell and my life will prove the truth. Whew, man, if you get that. Right? Because we have these little insecurities and then we're trying to change our spouse. We think the more we're growing and they got it, and then we're projecting everything we're learning on them, hoping they come along for the ride. There's insecurity and stuff like that. And they're not ready to hear all that. And they hear like you're a hidden message in your preaching and stuff like that. Just become, just shine, just be free. Just get alone and just say, yay, thank you for my life. And I so appreciate that you're in me. And I don't have to live this self thing, this complaining thing that pastors perceive. And that's what... That's what's hitting me when I got up here that we just need to nail something down because as a pastor, as a, as, as, a, as a leader, you're perceiving that. That's important. Yeah. It's important to nail that thing down because you don't understand. Complaining comes so natural and normal through the fall of man. We were just trained that way. I mean, we, you know, you're a little baby. I mean, you're, just, well, you're uncomfortable. You and you cry. And, and people come and pamper and take care of that thing for you. And then as you get older, it's just there's things and it's just... It comes natural. It just, you just learn along the way. It's just natural complainers. Why? Because we think for ourselves big time. Like really, like, like really, like sometimes things are good, but they're just not good enough because we'd rather it this way. Some people go to church and they slip it in the offering. You know, man, I really love your church. We're new here, but I wish you did it this way. You know, I'm not sure I like. And it's like we're just, we tend to complain. And we think it's normal. It's not normal. It's an expression of self-centeredness. It's an expression of lording your preference over things around you and everything that's going on. It's, it's like a Burger King. Have it your way in five minutes. I'm not against Burger King. Go have your burger. But don't bring that into your life. Have it your way in five minutes. It's not like that. That's, you're not Lord. It's, he's the way. So the, here's what's detrimental about complaining. You have to understand we're in a spiritual war. And I hope you think about this stuff. You're in a spiritual war. So when you complain, you give yourself away. You expose your heart. You expose where you live spiritually. You expose what you understand, don't understand, what you've yielded to and haven't yielded to. When you complain, you're set up for destruction. You're set up for an easy target. You're just an easy target. The ruler of this world cometh and has nothing in me, Jesus said. Why? Because he's totally selfless. Has nothing in him. The ruler of this world has nothing in him. He's totally selfless. He's the complete expression and epitome of love because he is love and he was from the beginning. So the ruler of this world comes and there's nothing in him. He has nothing in me. Is that powerful? Who said that? Jesus. What did he tell you and me? Follow me. The things I do, you'll do. Don't just, just don't get stuck on healing. Character and purpose and motive and integrity yeah. and love. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't just get stuck on the power of God and miracles. The person of Jesus, who he is, Christ in you. <laughs> we don't say this stuff much. I don't hear us leaders, preachers talking about this much because we really want the stuff to happen. But I personally believe God is very disinterested in you doing miracles and working signs and wonders without the beauty and character of who he is established in your life. Because it creates problems and it causes people to stumble and it can allow your heart to get hard and you could ride your gift to the finish line instead of true identity. I mean, it puzzles me how somebody can see the sick killed and sleep with somebody else's wife. It's demonic. It's deception. It's delusion. It means you're an emotional driven being that understands a gift in the spirit. It's unacceptable. It's, it's not, we got to stop saying, well, it's the way it's flesh. It's, you know, we're just, stop. It's impossible if you're in true communion and fellowship with God. If you walk in the light as he's in the light, it doesn't say you sleep with somebody else's wife. It means we're needs driven. We have needs and we're, we're trying to meet them apart from him. It's an emotional whirlwind. It's a Hollywood starry-eyed movie. It's a zero. It's not love. It can never be. It's a zero. It can't be. I don't know why I'm so strong on this, but somebody needs to listen carefully and run from that path and run from that suggestion and run from that desire and run from that option. It is not an option. It is delusion, and it opens up the gateways of hell all around your life, and it will rob your emotions even more, and it will dull your heart and dull your senses and harden you like a rock, and I'm not talking Jesus. <laughs> Please, somebody, listen. It is not an option. You can't tell me it's love. If things were healthy here, you wouldn't be attracted here. If things were healthy here, you wouldn't even see anything here. And the only reason you're seeing anything here is because you're letting yourself get empty, hurt, and unfulfilled here. Those things are supposed to come from Jesus, not your relationship. The Lord, he's my shepherd, right? I'm wanting for nothing. <sighs> okay, I don't know how I got, why, well, I do kind of know, but... Uh, just come on, man. Okay, I'm done with that. Yeah. We, we, we got so much secular mindset stuff. We've read too many books, storylines, movies. You get mesmerized by life, and it's this emotional fantasy, yeah, yeah, whirlwind thing. And people are just in survival mode and think it's ecstasy and amazing in the top of the mountain in the moment. And it's nothing but hell and pain. It's just living from the moment and senses and sensuality. I'm just telling you, it's a lie from hell. If your marriage is struggling, please stay off of chat rooms and Facebooks and talking to others and telling men or women, if you're the opposite sex, your problems. Because they're just going to say the thing you're looking to hear. And all of a sudden you think you're in love and you haven't even looked into their eyes. It's bizarre. But we go to church, holy is the lamb, and we're doing that stuff with the door closed. It means we don't know him. We do him. We don't know him.
This is eternal life. Not doing him. This is eternal life that you might know him. You can do everything that looks Christian and not even know him. You can wear a Christian t-shirt, Christian ringtone, Christian screensaver, Christian bumper sticker, and never commune with God and never let the Spirit of God start doing a work in your heart. And you can let all the things you do in His name take the place of knowing Him. And if that's the case, you'll be falling into these traps. And you'll let your senses live instead of your spirit. Some of these things are non-optional. For the Christian, they're like non-optional. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Spirit of God would raise us up into a non-optional world of the kingdom of God in us, in the world, not of the world. Non-optional, single eye, one voyage. Just no looking back, hand to the plow, plowing, baby. And if my decisions aren't producing life, if my desires aren't producing life, they cannot be inspired by the Spirit of God because the reason He came is to give me life and life even more. So if I'm fending for myself, if I'm deciding for myself, if I'm serving myself, of course I'm deceived. If I feel sorry for myself, if I'm sad for myself, if I'm a complainer, of course I'm deceived. And I've made this all about him towards me instead of him through me. And I'm living disappointed and deceived. Don't let that. I'm not saying that's you. I'm not saying this is happening in this house. Don't ever let it happen. It's non-optional Christianity. You don't have those options. They're not yours anymore. You gave your life. Your life is not your own. You're bought with a price. You love not your own life unto death. That means you honor him more. You seek ye first the kingdom of God and these other passions, non-optional. It's the phrase that keeps burning in me. I never said it like that from a pulpit. It's just in me right now. It's non-optional. You want to grow in a place where there's no other option, single eye. Yeah, but I'm really hurting. Stop! That is not a reason to be optional. Question why you're so hurting. Where's the deficit? Why are you taking them so personal instead of him? Why are you letting this matter more than real truth? Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Do you know what he did for you? Do you know what that means and what that makes you? You're looking through a wrong eye. It's optional. It's wide view lens, multiple choice, single eye. You guys good? I hope so. So I'm starting to. I mean, I'm at the end, and I'm just now getting really fired up. Can you tell I'm not mad at anybody that I'm passionate for our sake so we run well? Can you tell I'm not here to condemn you and I'm saying bad Christians? I'm not here to complain about that. Like I'm saying, don't complain. I'm not here to fault find. I'm not here to spank you. I'm here to tell you who we are so we run well. 
I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to leave. I don't know when I'll see your face again. I just know life's going to be good. God's good. I'm going to hear his voice. Peace has flooded my heart. And I'm just going to be me and him. And it's going to be fun. And there's nothing anybody can do about that. But that's not my only goal in life. It's to empower, to multiply. And if they hand me a mic, let's get it on, right? So I'm going to leave. And you're going to continue and remain. So let's run well. Come on, if I really believe the gospel and I'm really a man of God, wouldn't that matter to me? Or is it the honorarium? Or is it the kingdom? And is it me realizing you have value because he shed his blood? And I get that. That makes you very important to me. And that makes you very special. So don't think it wouldn't bother me and make me passionate if you're believing a lie that's hindering a truth. And you're living below what you're paid for and called to. Why wouldn't I get aggressive? Come on, man. He gave his life for this thing. He died and rose again. Crushed death forever. And we will forever be one with him. So let's live one with him. To the point where Holy Spirit takes our emotions, our mind, our motives, our reason for being, and just blends them all into who he is and makes it all one big one. One plus one, stronger one. That's covenant. All that is mine is yours. And all that is his is mine. One plus one. It's a marriage. It's not, I need you. I love you. You make my world happen. I would die if I didn't have you. I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> it's so weird I can't even act it out right. <laughs> There's only one that fits that language. And from that truth, you have healthy relationship. If you're trying to find through somebody what you can only find through him, no wonder your world's like this. And then you get into manipulation and using and emotional ploys. And, and I would just say die already and become a Christian. <laughs> yeah? Oh, man, I feel it, brother. We're preaching the gospel. It's your fault, man. You did this this morning. I was like, I was like, gee, preach it, David. It was so good. I didn't even want to get up here, but now I'm okay that I got up here. Because this is healthy. This is he These are family chats. This is family room stuff. This is like just a family meeting. This is a living room, man. Right? And we're just talking, and, and we're not rebellious children. We're not like, whatever, and we're not like acting like we're listening, but, you know. Seriously, we are called to believe the best and believe everybody's sincere and believe. And if you're not, the Word will take care of that. It's not my heart to figure out and my calling to figure out the motive of the people in this room. I'm believing the best. I am not talking to a room of hypocrites. I'm talking to people that want God the best they understand God. So let's give understanding. And if you're hungry, let's serve up a meal. If you're thirsty, let's pour it big and go for it. Yeah? yeah. That's what we're doing, man. Like, 
He's so gracious. He lets me come into his field and just plow. And just sow. Water. And go home. And go to bed at night and wake up and say, yeah, Lord, you're awesome. You bring increase. It gives me the great honor of coming and standing with a man of God that's been fire tested, that's walked through, that has a history and a testimony of God's faithfulness and his committing to him and just a beautiful story. And he lets me walk alongside of him for a weekend and out of the mouths of two or more confirm and establish things and nail them down. Yeah. It's not that I'm saying things that have never been said in this house. Are you kidding me? It's just God saying, yeah, bam. Yeah? Man. It's like a pastor. He's just big stake into a railroad tie. Poof. Week after week. Poof. Poof. And if he doesn't lose sight and if he stays focused and understands the joy of what he's called to, he'll never be like, I don't know if this nail will ever go in. I'm so tired of swinging this hammer. And, I don't and then missing the nail. No, but if he stays focused and fixed, and all of a sudden I come flying in and he picks me up in the airport and he's just him and, and we get to church and he hands me the anvil he hands me the hammer <laughs> and then I'm going to fly out today thanks for the hammer bud <laughs> and guess what he's going to do next time <laughs> guess what that nail's doing it's getting bedded in there deep, and it's going down so deep that there's no way to get that thing out, man. It's going to hold. It's going to hold because we believe we're talking to good ground. And even if, like Paul said, you think otherwise, even God will make a change. <laughs> so, um, so people say, do you ever get feel resistance? Do you ever get people that are mad while you're preaching? Can you perceive it? I said, don't even look forward to think about it because it doesn't matter. It matters that I sow seed. You could be sitting there totally angry at me and thinking I'm some kind of overexpressive jerk. It doesn't matter to me because I live with me and know better and I have fellowship with God. And the only reason you're thinking that is you don't know God. So I'm a little more free than your perceptions. Because <laughs> if you knew God, you wouldn't be thinking that. So you're located. It's just so simple. Like I'd go to work and there'd be all this persecution at work and people didn't understand and they're saying I'm in a cult and they're saying I'm brainwashed and I'd just have fun with it, you know. A guy'd come up and say, dude, we are so worried about you. It's like you're brainwashed. I'd say, my brain has been thoroughly washed. All this persecution, how can that hurt you, affect you, make you insecure? What If you're looking for your identity through men, of course you're trashed. But if you really know him and know yourself through him, none of that means nothing. It makes your heart sad and makes a draw on mercy because you understand they don't know him. And there's no amount of persecution that can keep me from hearing his voice, knowing his peace, and crawling in bed tonight knowing him. There's no amount of persecution. How can you take what you've never experienced and accost and accuse something that you're experiencing? How can no experience trump experience That's right. That's if you really do know him? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. 
persecution? Are you kidding me? Negativity, resistance, doesn't mean anything to me. Not on a personal level, not make me insecure. I'm not going to try to change my words to get you to approve. I'm going to preach the word of the Lord. I'm going to trust you come out okay with it. I'm not going to give you the details because I'm commenting on it, but there's, a, there's something out there on the YouTube. Somebody posted it. I was in a service one morning, and the church didn't want me there. They didn't want me there. The leaders went around behind the scenes and said, don't anybody come to the service. All this man cares about is eternal security. It's the last thing I even think about. Think about Christ in me, man. So I see it as just evil spirit stuff working through leaders. Just to stop, try to stop. But you can't stop. This is a freight train. It's rolling and it's going downhill. And they better get out of the way or get run over or get on. It's just one or the other. Because it ain't stopping. You can't, it can't, you can't stop it. God is moving. And, 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 and I found out that all these people in the church, the place is packed every night. And I found out that it's not their people. And I'm like, what's up with that? And the pastor wouldn't tell me nothing because he didn't want me. He was a smart man. He didn't want me to be tempted to project. He just wanted me to speak freely by the Spirit of God. So he didn't tell me nothing. They wanted to fire him. He told the congregation two months before I came that the church is letting go of their 80-year traditional cessationist belief, and we believe God's moving all around the world. And there's either a ton of professional liars out there or God's moving and we're missing him tied in our tight little box. And then when they brought me in, they thought, I'm the tool to change them. So they, I never saw anything like it. I stood up there Sunday morning. They came out of tradition. They came because it was their Sunday morning church. So everybody that wouldn't come to all the services came on Sunday morning. And it was beautiful because pastor says, there anybody want to share testimony from the weekend? There was a girl that was there with hands that were crippled like this for three years. And they came alive when, when somebody prayed for that little six second thing. They just came alive. There were so many things that happened and people were testifying. This one lady stood up and said, I never believed in healing and miracles. But the other night when that little girl's hands, how can you deny that when you're standing right here? And you watch and see her desire is so overwhelmed to God. And everybody said, all right. So he invites me up. And I'm not kidding you, man. Men that could have been my dad, men that could have been older than my dad. And a lot of people are just sitting there like this. I'm talking glasses on the nose. I'm not exaggerating. And he introduces me and nobody shouts. Nobody says, yay, yay, father in the house. We love you, Dan. It's silent. And I get up and I said, hey, good morning, guys. Not even a grunt. What a boring place. Not even a uh. Did I ever tell you a story? I was pastoring in my hometown, solid up pastor and day in, day out pastor and went looking for a girl that fell into crack cocaine trying to find her, went into a crack house to look for her and couldn't find her, went to the second crack house. It's amazing how you know where they are, but they're there. Went to the second one to go in there and I couldn't, I didn't know which house it was. So I thought it doesn't take long to realize. You just look for traffic. So I'm sitting out there and a prostitute came and solicited me. I snatched her by the hand and said, you're asking the wrong. She said, hey, honey, what are you doing in this part of town? I'm the wrong guy to mess with in this moment. I'm emotional. I want to get this lady. And you're trying to, you're trying to sell me for a sexual favor, for a couple minute advance for a $20 bill so you can stay high. Oh, that grieves my heart. I grabbed her wrist so fast. I said, the, the question is, what are you doing in this part of town, honey? If you had any idea who you were, you wouldn't be here doing what you do. And I was bawling. And she's trying to get I had her like a cobra, man. She's like... <laughs> cursing at me, telling me to let her go. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I said, you still have the wrong question. The question is, who are you, ma'am? Because I know who you are. You don't know me. You never met me in your blanking life. You don't know me. Let me go. I said, I do know you. 
there's a time to be born, and here you stand. You predestined before time to be adopted in as a daughter. And here you are thrown away the value and honor of your life and deception and addiction. Girl, you're so much more. And she said, what are you doing down here? What are you? I said, I'm looking for somebody. I got her to tell me where she was or she was going to take her to me. And here's what I said. I said, see, you don't have to agree with this. I'm not asking you to. Love did this because it breaks all the rules. And if I'd have thought about it, I wouldn't have did it. But I didn't think about it. I said, I need you to get in the car and take me to her. Now watch this. Do you know why the Lord says avoid the appearance of evil? Because people think evil. Why would you have to avoid the appearance of evil if it wasn't evil? It's because people think evil. Guess what love does? Thinks no. So every time we think evil, we indict ourselves and prove that we haven't become love. So pastor, it's pastor's car on Duke Street, on the corner. And the precious black sister, dressed very lightly, slips into my truck and we drive away. Never even thought about that. I was just thinking about the lady. Because watch this. Her getting in my car is absolute zero temptation. Zero. Are you kidding me? I want her delivered. I want to give her her in my car. You think, well, brother, you need to not put yourself in. Are you kidding me? She has zero ability to entice me. I don't care her figures, her measurements, or her makeup. Zero. Because I live by the Spirit and I'm a man of God. I got her in the car to help a woman not be tempted. No ability to tempt me. It's called life in the Spirit. Look, if you were fasting sweets and you didn't like chocolate or vanilla. Let's just say you didn't like vanilla but you loved chocolate. But you didn't like vanilla. And, and you were fasting sweets. And I came up to you and I said, hey man. I got something for you. And I had this vanilla ice cream, uh, strawberry topping, foamy stuff all around it, man. Sprinkled with peanuts. And I said, come on, man. If he didn't like vanilla, I couldn't possibly tempt him with it. But if I pulled out some double chocolate marshmallow fudge and he liked chocolate, he'd be like, right? Same thing. She gets in my car. Zero temptation. Now, I know we make rules. Shouldn't be alone. Shouldn't be this and that. It's for the sake of most of the time the onlooker. And the sad reality is the church. Be real with me without me judging anybody. Ninety some percent of Christians that would have saw that go down would have freaked out, cried, got concerned, especially if they loved me and honor me. Oh, my God, Dan, just pick up. Oh, I can't believe this. i got to call somebody for prayer. I gotta... And they'd have told four people in tears, not knowing what's going on, telling them to pray because they don't know what's happening. Instead of saying, wow, I don't know what that woman's thinking getting in his car. Watch, watch. But I know him. And God is up to something. That ain't what it looked like. God is up to something. That girl's in for something tonight. See? See? So him reaching in my pocket, I just say, I'm just a little more secure than that. It's okay. I mean, you were touching my cheek a little there. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm going through the airport. I forgot my driver's license. I couldn't believe it. I drove my wife's car, 
and, and I never grab my driver's license. I get to the airport, and I don't have my driver's license. I'm like, ah. I said, well, this will work. I just hope I have time for it because I cut myself a little. I get in there. So they got to they gotta do a, there's an amazing line they call. I mean, this line is amazing. They know stuff, right? I'm not trying to freak you out, but they're like, they're asking me questions that nobody can know. And then they're like, where's your last address? Well, that was 30 years ago. And I said, they said, uh, why are you traveling? I said, I'm a neck ministries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is when I still have my calendar up. They said, where's your next scheduled visit? I told them and they said, you're good to go. They already had it all in front of them. And I made it through security. So I get to brother Joe. He's the TSA. Joe, TSA. He says, now do you understand I'm going to have to strip search you because you don't have your driver's license. And I said, strip search me. I said, he said, it's going to be a pretty... Uh, yeah, you want a private room. I said, exactly what are you going to do, sir? <laughs> he said, well, I got to check crevices. I got to check cracks. I got to check. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm a pretty secure man. Go for it. <laughs> so he starts searching me. And I'm like, whoa. I said, hey, Joe. He said, what? I said, you a Bible man? He said, excuse me? I said, because this is starting to look like scripture. And Joe knew Dan. <laughs> I said, it looks like scripture's unfolding and Joe knew Dan. See, it's just, I'm just having fun. Don't get weirded out. It just, you need to be free. You need to be a little more secure and not let life speak louder than truth. That way you can use every situation to be an expression of Christ. Or you're bummed out because you forgot your license. You're stressed because you might miss your connection. You're upset because you have to go through the extra protocol. You're violated because they had to check you. And then it's just weird and Jesus is subverted and you don't affect nobody. Because you've been affected by trivial things that in the end you'll see meant absolutely nothing but meant the world in the moment. Oh man, that's good. I need to be done. That church, you know what I thought? I thought, Lord, you're so gracious. You're going to give me a word of knowledge. You're going to call somebody out. You're going to say, you in that striped shirt over there, you were just told two days ago. That's what I was expecting. And I don't look for that. I used to look for that in ministry when I ministered to you guys. I don't look for that anymore. If you're sitting on a plane, you'll probably get my gifting. In the congregation, it, it, it gets weird when people see, when you, then they come for the manifestation of your gifting, not equipping, empowering and stuff. So guess what God did? You should have heard. It's on. I don't even want to tell you where it was and exploit. And, but, but there was people that know me that said, brother, what was going on in that church? I have never heard you talk like that ever. That was so intense. I was trembling. I said, it was the Lord. They said, yeah. God broke this congregation in 15 to 20 minutes. Completely broke them down. Broke them down. Because I said, I, I'm pretty free fellow. So I said, hey, guys, good morning. Good to be here. And I went, whoa. Wow, I guess you don't feel that way, huh? I said, you know, that's really a shame because you're in church, but you're not expressing anything that looks like my father right now. I said, because you're projecting on me and judging me and none of you know me. You think you know me. You heard something about me. None of you have been in my bedroom during prayer and saw my tears and heard my voice before God. And you're going to sit there with arms crossed and hearts hard and project on me and judge me and prove that you're in church, but you don't know the Lord. You've become religious and you have a form of something, but you're denying the power of his godliness. Yeah. And I just went, bam, bam, bam. 
for 15 to 20 minutes. Like, like, like I've never have. Bam. And they broke. I felt them break and repent in their hearts. It was phenomenal. What's the worst they could have done? Stoned me and I'm not going to die. <laughs> Shoot me and I'm going to live forever. Write a bad thing and put it on the internet. What are they going to do to stop the kingdom of God that's here? Nothing unless you get your eyes on them and need them to be something towards you. Well, I didn't preach what I was going to at all. I got the Bible open, too. I was going to go there. You want to do yourself a favor? You read 1 Corinthians 10. It's the story of the children of Israel. In your own time, make some Bible time today. Take a little walk. Sit by the water. Get alone. Sit with your spouse and hold hands. Yeah? Hold hands. Wrap your arm around her, man. Just read the word of God together. Yeah? yeah. Be friends. Yay. <laughs> and you'll see that everything that happened to the children of Israel was an admonishment to us that we don't follow their example. Look, it's not that hard to live without complaining. You just need a new mindset. If you make it about you, you'll complain automatically. If you make it about his kingdom, complaining will be gone forever in your life. What's so hard about coming out of your tent every morning, even though you don't know where you're at and you've been wandering for years and Moses said milk and honey and you haven't seen anything close to milk and honey? But God's there. Sea split, rocks pouring water, and food's on the ground in the morning. Your clothes are growing up with you. And there's not a feeble among you. And you're going to worry about conveniences, five-star Hilton and milk and honey. And all of a sudden they come out and they look at the bread on the ground and they say, this worthless bread, here it is again. And the bread was a sign of the bread that was to come. That was Christ. So what they're saying is your plan of provision in life and sustaining power isn't good enough for us. And they complained and a plague came and serpents. It's this freaky story. But now we can't get into it. I don't have time. What's so hard about coming out of your tent in the morning? See, you girls, you two would be great at this. You'd come out of your tents. I know you would. And you'd be like, oh. <laughs> there you are again. You're so good. God, I don't even know where we are. I don't even know how long we've been here. I don't even know where we're going anymore. <laughs> but I know you're here. And that's all that matters to me, Father. Your provision is here. Your faithfulness, your love is on the ground every morning. When I'm thirsty, that rock gives us drink. I can sleep with my babies in that tent, knowing safe and sure and secure that in the morning, your faithfulness is all over the ground. My days of worry are over, Lord. I don't know where we are, but I know you're here. And that's all that matters. Thank you for loving my family and I'm so glad I can only take an omer for today because I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's not too hard to get free from complaining. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything you need to fulfill his will will be added to you. Please, church, don't get caught in anything that's the flesh. Live by the spirit. 
Let the Spirit of God reign in your life so we can have an impact in our regions. Amen? I love you. You have been listening to an audio message from Dan Moeller presented at Rock City Church in the beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. Please visit us whenever you're in town. And our prayer is that you'll continue to be inspired and wind-driven in all that you do.